For this coral trout, the moment it has been caught, it is leaving forever the sea to which it belongs. Here, it and other fish that have met the same fate will be transported to the nearest port and then to the fish market, ready to be sent on a flight. Within a day, they will arrive in Hong Kong. In 2012, the expensive coral fish Hong Kong imported from Indonesia, Malaysia and the Philippines, such as coral trout and tiger grouper, amounted to about 30,000 tons. The fact is, in the last 10 years, Hong Kong has imported more and more coral fish, which are also coming from further and further away, as far as Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands. The largest source of fish are the countries around the so-called Coral Triangle. Located between the Indian and Pacific Oceans, the Coral Triangle of six countries has a rich marine ecosystem. It hosts a myriad of marine life. The 120 million people living in the surrounding countries also rely on its resources for their food and livelihoods. The ocean has fascinated and thrilled me ever since I was a child, and I cannot bear the thought that we are losing some of its spectacular creatures. I've also come to appreciate how closely the fate of coral reefs is linked to that of millions of people who depend on the sea. Yvonne Sadovi is a marine biology professor at the Hong Kong University. She specializes in the study of coral reef fish. In recent years, she has become particularly concerned about the damage that international trade in these fish is doing to their populations. I've been working on the live fish trade now for about 10 years, and the problem is simple. There's simply too high demand for these fish compared to the natural supply. And what this means is that many of the populations on the coral reefs for example, the groupers that supply the trade are declining. And ex extreme cases, there are species which are threatened with extinction. While Yvonne is here in Bali, Indonesia, she has made a special trip to the fish market. I'm actually really struck by looking around. This is a very big market. There's lots and lots of different species. It's very difficult to believe there is actually a fishing crisis. At a glance, there seems to be many different species of fish here. It looks like the fishermen are having good harvests. But according to Yvonne, the danger is hidden. The fishermen have to go further out to sea, and they are spending more and more time fishing. This boat coming from uh, Middle Indonesia, and then it, it takes around seven days from Kalimantan to Bali. Helu is Indonesia's biggest exporter of seafood. Over 40% of live coral fish is exported through him. This fish will uh, trucking to our fish facility. 
and we prepare to pack tomorrow to Hong Kong. Of the coral fish exported by Helu, coral trout is the most popular. To Hong Kong alone, they export an average of 250 tons a year. Some are re-exported to mainland China. On the other hand, the number of coral trout in the Coral Triangle is continuing to decline. And in central Indonesia, the number of coral trout has dropped by 30% in 2012. This is Bontang in central Indonesia. People here rely on fishing for their livelihood. Take Saeed, for example. His income from catching coral fish is enough to make him quite well off. Semenjak saya jadi nelayan dan mancing, saya bisa merenovasi rumah, membeli kursi yang dulunya tidak ada seperti ini, jadi saya bisa beli kursi, beli alat-alat sekolah untuk anak, jadi alat-alat sekolah untuk anak, beli TV, beli kulkas, beli kulkas, and buy all the food for To have a better life, Saeed has to keep fishing. But with the decline of fish in the sea, he has to go further out to try his luck. Lima sampai sepuluh ekor kerapu. Kalau sekarang uh, udah nggak bisa paling tinggi dua atau tiga ekor. Jarak yang kita tempuh kalau dulu hanya bisa satu sampai dua mil. Sekarang udah enam sampai tujuh mil ke laut bontang. In some areas, as much as 80% of the total catch being harvested comprised of juveniles. This is going to have an irreparable and long-term uh, impact. On the stocks of fish, juveniles are being removed before they've had a chance to reproduce and replenish these stocks. So these are the juvenile humphead wrasse. So the reason they're keeping them here is because they're too small for the market at the moment. That's a very small one there, see? Now that's, that's only 200 to 300 grams maximum. This place is filled with juvenile humphead wrasse. In Hong Kong, they fetch a very good price. Because of the high profit, fishermen do everything they can to catch them. Uh, that's $80,000 of fish, worth of fish, is just sitting right here in this three by three meter cage. This place is just filled with humphead wrasse. There's hardly anything other than humphead wrasse. There's a high probability that these fish are being caught using cyanide. It's the preferred method of catching humphead rats. To make them easier to catch, some fishermen resort to using cyanide. This method causes very serious damage. Not only does it threaten the life of the coral reef itself, it also threatens other species that live in the reef. 
Because of the damage caused by dynamite and cyanide, in Western Indonesia, you can no longer find coral fish such as coral trout or humphead wrasse. Coral fish in central Indonesia, too, are gradually declining. In the face of imminent collapse of the coral fish trade, Helu, the biggest exporter of coral fish in Indonesia, is determined to find ways to reverse the local fishing crisis. So what I'm concerned now is Eastern Indonesia because it's our last border for the fish and hope more and more fishermen understand about how they keep the environment and the keep the fish population. Because uh, if we lose Eastern Indonesia, there's been no more fish from Indonesia, so it's the last one. Living in Hong Kong, every day I see restaurants and markets full of reef species like groupers. I know that this is not because the sea has endless fish, but because fishermen are working ever harder and faster to put luxury seafood on our tables. This is not sustainable. Yvonne Sadovi is a marine biologist at Hong Kong University. It pains her to see that the fish in the tank are being served at the table. She keeps trying to find a solution to allow the fishermen to keep their livelihood while not depopulating the fish in the sea. She has started a study project in Indonesia. It's the first step to realizing her dream. We have a visual reference because we know where to come out. Helu is Yvonne's partner in her work in Indonesia. He is now of the same mind. In the past, like other exporters, Helu would accept fish of any size, not caring if they had been caught using cyanide. But in recent years, he has changed his ways. He refuses to take fish that is caught using cyanide or juveniles that are under 600 grams. He is doing this because he hopes the fish will have a chance to mature in order to breed. Yesterday, the fisherman come and bring me a small fish and he said, please help me to release this. And I said, no, this is your fish. I hope you can do that as a habit. So if you see the small fish and you release it, and I tell him that, okay, you have to do that, not me. And I, I asked him uh, after he released the fish, are you happy with that? And he said, yeah, 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 but a little bit like, it's like a crying, actually. <laughs> I have to do this for my fishermen this moment because we have around 4,500 fishermen. So if we, we cannot have a good practice, if one day we lose the fish, so how about their life? Five years ago, noticing that the number of humphead rats were declining seriously, Helu stopped buying them. He hopes this endangered species will have a chance to breed so that their number will rebound. 
you know, you saw a fish here and we saw a fish there. Has the number of humphead rats increased in the last five years? Helu arranged with Yvonne to come to East Indonesia to see the results together. The reason we focus on Napoleon fish, because it's the most threatened of all of the fish in the live fish trade, is the species that really is disappearing the most quickly. And so what I really hope is that if we can find a way to manage this fish sustainably, that will have a knock-on effect. Yvonne and Helu have split up into two teams. They plan to spend three days snorkeling along the coastline of the islands using GPS to determine their positions in order to record the number of humphead wrasse. They will then compare the results with five years ago. And then every time we see a fish, we mark down the location of the fish by noting the time on the slate. The time on our watch is synchronized to the time on the GPS. And so every time we write down a time, we know exactly where we are. So we can reconstruct exactly where each fish is along our transect. This large coral fish called Solmei in Hong Kong is known as the humphead wrasse in English. It is a member of the wrasse family. Maybe because the hump on its forehead is like the hat worn by Napoleon Bonaparte. It is also called Napoleon fish. It can grow to a length of two meters. It is a very interesting fish. It has a slow growth. Usually, it takes five to seven years to reach adulthood. As juveniles, they are all female. Once they become adult, some will then change to male. Their average lifespan can be more than 30 years. However, because of the high demand for them, most humphead wrasse will be caught and sold before they become adults. Well, on the surveys, of course, we're looking for Napoleon fish, but there are a lot of other very interesting creatures out there. So today I was very struck by an area which was full of coral rubble, and on the rubble there was nothing, no fish, and right next to the coral rubble was some beautiful living reef, which is full of fish. According to Yvonne, many marine life, including fish, make their homes among the corals. If the corals are healthy, the other marine life will have a chance to live. We just found one fish and we saw a lot of uh, damage right? because the bombing over there and then no fish in that area. Yeah, Yeah, this is, uh, you can see the evidence that before the Hong Kong... Helu said a few years ago that some unscrupulous traders from Hong Kong came to the village to teach the fishermen to take their boats out to sea. 
to catch hamhead wrasse and other expensive coral fish by using cyanide underwater. So in seven years ago, around seven years ago, I met him and I said to the head village, why don't you try to stop uh, using cyanide? Because in the future, if you did uh, like this, maybe you will lose all your fish. And he said, yeah, let me try to change slowly. Every day after going out to sea for the Humphead Ras survey, Halu goes to the fishing village to show the villagers videos of underwater creatures. He wants them to understand that the survival of the sea is linked to their own survival. The most difficult part is make them understand. They only know about themselves and then not thinking in the future how about the next generation and then how about the other fishermen if you have no more fishing here. Even uh, we need more time but if we can do it that doing that regularly we explain them uh, how to how to manage this uh, situation and i believe in the future we will success how much did you get? <laughs> I knew, I knew he'd ask me this. I got 11. I know, I told you he got, got, got three. I got three. I know, he's, 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 he's surging ahead. No. The result of Helu and Yvonne's survey will show whether or not the moratorium measure Helu put in place five years ago is helping the humphead wrasse to breed. In 2004, the humphead wrasse was listed by the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species as a threatened species. Its import and export are now restricted. In the survey this year, we found about twice as many fish compared to five years ago. The density of fish is much higher, and we also found a few more adults. So this is a real big change over five years, so this is really exciting and, and we're really happy about that. Yeah, I'm quite happy with the second survey. I found a recovery from the reef, and this moment I saw more and more hammock grass. Also with the coral trout, compared to five years ago. And I think uh, the fishermen, they, they already success manage uh, the environment. Helu and Yvonne are very excited about the result of the survey. It suggests that the series of measures Helu took five years ago is beginning to take effect. The steps that Hero has taken in his business, which are not to accept undersized coral trout, juveniles, not to accept cyanide caught fish, and not to buy threatened species like the Napoleon fish. These are incredibly important steps. Hero's business, as I understand, accounts for only about a half of the total trade of live fish in Indonesia. So to be really effective, his measures would need to be adopted by the rest of the traders.
To effectively protect the population of this fish and to enable fish to mature and produce their young, Yvonne realizes that more traders and fishermen like Halu need to become aware in time to adopt similar measures. Otherwise, within 10 years, the number of coral fish in East Indonesia will become severely depleted. We have to find a more respectful balance between what we take from the ocean and how much it can give us. I believe that this is possible, and what is happening in Indonesia gives me hope. There is too much to lose to fail.